We all have that feeling of wanting to escape. We want to escape work, responsibilities, certain relationships, or our financial situation. And sometimes we want to escape our own skin. Maybe we're not happy with the way we look or where we live or even struggling with deteriorating health. At some point, we're just not happy with the limitations of our own bodies. But is virtual reality in the coming metaverse a viable way to overcome the limitations of our bodies, our own physical presence? And if so, how should Christians respond? Should we be building churches in the metaverse? This is Christian Curious, and I'm your host, Haley Gray Scott. Each week, we tackle some of the hardest, most pressing questions Christians are facing in the 21st century. This week, I'm talking with Dr. Doug Grotice about virtual reality and the metaverse. Right now, virtual reality is really used by a niche audience. The virtual reality has shown up in sci-fi movies and books for decades. It's really only been used by serious gamers. But more and more industries are starting to buy into the concept of virtual reality, or VR for short. The technology replaces our senses with ones generated by a computer, and the result is primarily about presence, the complete immersion in the technology. VR is used in sports by the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and the WNBA to gain an edge on their opponents. It's used by retailers to improve how customers engage with their brands by helping customers find items they need and provide a try-before-you-buy experience. VR is used in the automotive industry to build and test automobiles without the costly prototypes. It's, and it's even used in healthcare to help professionals train for real-world experience and help medical teams plan for complicated surgeries. And aside from all these other industries, a case could be made that the pandemic has hastened the mainstream adoption of VR because we had to adapt to using technology to get things done and even interact with our friends and family. Here today to talk about Christianity in the Metaverse, the form of reality, Meta, the former company known as Facebook, is Dr. Doug Grotice. Dr. Grotice is an apologist, an author, and professor of philosophy at Denver Seminary. Dr. Grotice, welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be here. Um, long before Descartes ever claimed cogito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am, Christians have dealt with the issue of excluding their physical bodies as part of their humanity. In fact, the Apostle Paul had to deal with Gnosticism throughout many of his letters. And I was just wondering if you saw any similarities or parallels in what people are trying to do with VR and the metaverse and what the apostle Paul Mm -hmm. did in throughout his letters. Right. Well, there are some parallels. Gnosticism was a heretical movement, probably got started sometime in the second century, but you see a denigration of the body or a kind of proto Gnosticism in some of Paul's letters. I think of Colossians, especially. So Paul says the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Christ Jesus. There were some people who wanted to say that, The physical world was a mistake. It was created by a lesser being, and you needed to ascend beyond it to this realm called the Pleroma, or the ultimate unknowable spiritual something, in order to have any kind of liberation. You could not redeem or reform or transform the world. You had to leave it behind. Now, with virtual reality, 
It's not that people are saying we leave the physical world entirely behind and ascend to some mystical realm, but I think at its best, you could augment communication and overcome some limits through these technologies. So I go back to good old Marshall McLuhan. He said that media technologies are extensions of man. That was a term he used. So go back to something really simple like radio that mm -hmm. extends. Here we are or we're on a podcast that extends the voice. I can only speak to so many people in one room and I'll be doing a class this afternoon with 30 students. Lord willing. But if you record it, it could go out across the globe to millions of people. So you have an extension of one sense. That is the voice. Very simplistic in our mind now. But at with that extension, you lose presence you lose the physical personal presence now with virtual reality people are talking quite a bit about getting as much presence as possible in these virtual worlds but what we have to realize is that it's still not the same as being there so if i have an avatar in the metaverse and the avatar looks something like me and may you know I have a body and so I can walk and do things like that you know that is a projection of the self through a medium it's still not the same as actually being there as we are right now right and of course a lot of podcast interviews are not face to face mm -hmm. i try to do it face to face whenever i can because there is a dimension uh, that is irreplaceable and inexchangeable in the face to face life so when you look at basic Christian teaching, I think of the word that is the Logos, Christ, became flesh, took on a human nature, and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. And in that embodied form of Jesus of Nazareth, he made the Father known. That's John 1.18. Right. So in any communication technology, I always ask, what is extended and what is distended, what is added, and what is taken away. And there are a lot of things that are added in virtual reality. Uh, and I think there could be, there already are good uses for this, like in terms of medical training, mm -hmm. and perhaps for certain kinds of meetings. But still, um, we spent so long on Zoom, and I think of the meetings I've had on Zoom, and I always come away a little bit disappointed. Right. But I think then the virtual reality people would say that's because it's only Zoom. You know, mm -hmm. that's not the metaverse. We're going to recreate or simulate everything through this medium. So it'll be much more interactive and there'll be a greater sense of presence. It reminds me of an article I read yesterday about that just came out yesterday from a it's a tech guy who grew up in Petersburg, St. Petersburg, Russia. And he said that the hype around uh, the metaverse sounds a lot like the communist propaganda. Hmm. What you see now is not actually communism. This horrible working conditions is not actually communism. We're working hmm. towards communism. And they're arguing primarily this argument about what presence means. What does it mean to be present? Mm -hmm. And so Mark Zuckerberg in his rollout of the metaverse talks about presence. And he thinks that in the VR world, you can actually be, you know, it's all about presence. Mm -hmm. That's really their, that's the whole foundation yeah. of 
the argument is being fully present. And um, I'm interested to know what, you know, just some of your thoughts about presence and why should we even think, what should we be thinking about when the tech guys are coming at us saying, okay, it's going to be present. I mean, my daughter's got an Oculus for Christmas and I put that on and I was completely like, you can turn around and the whole world mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm in this beautiful mountainous region in this lovely home and, you know, I can turn around in it and it's, it's really incredible. And, you know, I was speaking with a former uh, young adult colleague of mine, and she says that she goes and she exercises in virtual reality. And so I'm hmm. just trying to think through, you know, how Christians can think about what presence really means and why it's important mm-hmm. and why the Christian understanding of presence, you know, the embodiment of Christ, how that can inform the way we think about virtual reality. Right. Well, when I think of presence, I think that according to a Christian metaphysic worldview, the ultimate reality is being with, because you think of the Trinity, who one God in three persons. So in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the Greek word there for with, I believe, is pros, and it means face-to-face, close, uh, unmediated, Mm -hmm. all right? So we're talking about mediation. Something comes, however realistic, it comes between people. And the idea is to augment and extend something that goes back to an embodied human being. And I mentioned earlier on that radio did that in a very simple way now to our status, you know, in terms of augmented reality, virtual reality. But now it's like more of the embodied person can be simulated, even actions, facial expressions can be simulated. But what we have to remember is it's, it is a simulation. Mm-hmm. It will always be a simulation through a medium. And you could become very sophisticated in doing this. It could have some helpful benefits, but it's never going to be the same. Uh, Even if you could, I suppose, at some point simulate touch, you know, you're in a a virtual world and you touch someone and and they get an activation on their body suit or something. Right. There's a intention, a mental intention behind the action and there is a physical effect, but it's still a simulation. It's not quite the actual Reality, And what I worry about is that people become addicted to the simulations at the expense of the physical, material, spatial, tactile, olfactory world. Right. I mean, let's not leave that behind, please. (laughs) I haven't I have not watched the whole movie, but Ready Player One is one of these um, the movies about really popular movies about Mm. VR and if you look at their external world, their external world is this incredibly uh, dystopian world, but they put on these VR headsets and all of a sudden they're in these incredible mm. surroundings. And right. so they have invested in that VR world at the expense of the mm. real world. Mm-hmm. And I think that that extension of self across um, various Platforms, you know, like you mentioned, the radio being able to 
to radio and podcasts are able to reach more people than you would in a single room face to face. Um, that is, you know, just one of the more appeals of why we even want to escape the right. body. At Denver Seminary, our online, on-campus, and hybrid graduate education programs prepare men and women to engage the needs of the world with the redemptive power of the gospel and the life-changing truth of Scripture. Our mission will equip you for any ministry calling. To learn more about our degree programs, certificate opportunities, and classes, visit denverseminary.edu. It's kind of a two-edged sword because you could simulate yourself and be in simulated virtual environments at the expense of enjoying God's good creation. On the other hand, technologies can help adjust to a fallen world. So we want to do everything we can technologically to help people who have visual problems, hearing problems. We already do that. So I can imagine someone who, let's say, is a um, paraplegic or quadriplegic. Right. Now, they still live in the physical world, and they need to deal with their bodies and try to get their bodies to work as best as possible. But I could see especially someone like that uh, could find a kind of freedom or experiential uh, fullness in that kind of a world. But even then... Uh, we want to take our conscience with us wherever we go in technology. So it wouldn't be an excuse for doing something immoral, you know, in a virtual world. But I was thinking about that because my, my general instinct, I'm not really a Luddite, but my general instinct is to question new technologies. And I'm usually a late adapter to technologies. But then I have a real heart for people who suffer and have various disabilities and problems and I think of a line from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, and we share a birthday, by the way, Jan <laughs> January 3rd, and that's about all we share, I think. Christian faith also. Happy belated birthday, Thank by you. the way. Yes. Uh, in my avatar, I'm 40, but um, I'm <laughs> nice. actually 65. <laughs> but uh, I can't quote it from memory. I quote it in one of my books. But he said, who wouldn't want to escape this fallen world of woe? The issue is where you escape. Where you go, and do you take your conscience with you? So in, in one of my books, Walking Through Twilight, I talk about escaping into meaning right. or escaping into beauty. These are real things. So if your environment is very difficult, crushing, then you can enjoy beautiful music, and you could look at paintings, and you can get your mind off of your broken relationship or your physical limitations. And I think within boundaries, and it's so hard to find boundaries anymore in our culture, uh, I think someone who has a profound physical disability uh, could benefit. I mean, let's say someone who can't attend a classroom. They can't, they can't be there at all. Well, they could be on Zoom. That's a two-dimensional involvement. Mm -hmm. But perhaps that kind of a person would do well in a simulated classroom, yeah. you know, with an avatar. So I, I say these things kind of tentatively, but I think of this line from uh, hundreds of years ago by Francis Bacon where he said that through technologies, 
we can at least alleviate some of the effects of the fall. And that's a big part of civilization is trying right. to alleviate effects of the fall. I'm wearing glasses, you know, without mm -hmm. the glasses, I couldn't get here. Uh, people have hearing aids and people have prosthetic limbs. And so I think of these technologies, if carefully and circumspectly used, might help remedy some of the effects of the fall. On the other hand, we are fallen, so people are going to abuse this. And anywhere technologies go, human nature goes with them. Yeah. You know, shortly after Zuckerberg announced the Metaverse that they're building, um, Life Church TV came out and said that they will be building a church. They said, we will do anything short of sin to, and we'll, you know, go where no one else is going in order to get the gospel to people. It's the Star Trek mission. Right. So <laughs> they're, they're going to be doing this. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I was thinking of some, meaningful ways where people might benefit because, you know, the young adults that I've spoken with over the years have experienced um, a lot, you know, a lot of the nuns, the people who don't affiliate with any religion, a lot of them grew up in extremely strict religious households. And so they would never darken the doors of a real church because it actually causes mm -hmm. like some physical anxiety. And so you know, I can see a situation in which a, a church in the metaverse might be useful for, like you mentioned, people with uh, quadriplegia. Uh, one of my friends has that. And, you know, I've been thinking about her as I think about through the VR world as well. Mm -hmm. um, but as churches start to think about the metaverse um, in reaching out and evangelizing there, what are some of the things, because, you know, you can be, you know, the early adopter and you can rush in like Life Church TV and go into this. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, you know, and I'm not saying this is the case with Life Church, but sometimes the early adopters rush in without building a theological and biblical foundation upon. They're just adapting to whatever's new and, yes. and hot in culture. Right. So what are some theological and biblical things that, that they should think through? Well, I think, first of all, you have to realize that technologies are not neutral. They're not just tools. Even tools are not neutral. You try right. to use a hammer to get a screw out of a board. It's not going to work very well. So we have to realize that, as McLuhan said, again, the medium is the message. So the mediation is going to affect perception and is going to affect the, the being of the person who's in the medium. So you have to ask, well, what could be done well to overcome something from the fall or to extend something good? And then what do you lose? So... Evangelicals are often very entrepreneurial. They like to be pioneers, and that's been true in radio and television. You know, it was something of a controversy, what, 60 years ago or more when Billy Graham went on television and had the Crusades televised. I remember uh, watching them when I was a kid for mm -hmm. a little bit. He's on TikTok now. My my daughters, oh, really? my daughters love to see yeah. Billy Graham clips on TikTok. Well, I, I can endorse that. He didn't waste, <laughs> he didn't waste words. Um, years ago, I was on a, a BBC program, and I was on with somebody who was promoting a virtual church. This was about 20 years ago. 
think it might have been called St. Pixels. I don't know if it's still out there. But they had some kind of virtual world where you could have an avatar and quote-unquote attend church. And I said, well, how do you know the people are really being who they are? They could simply fake things so easily there, and you're not there uh, in person. And the person I was talking to said, oh, people are very authentic in St. Pixels. Here a philosopher says, how do you know that? How do you know they're being authentic? You really don't. So let's think of something like communion. Right. I'm an Anglican, so we take communion. We have the Eucharist every Sunday. And whatever your tradition is, as a Christian, you need to experience communion because it summarizes the whole gospel. It's, tact- it's tactile. It's olfactory. It's relational. And I don't care how fantastic the simulation is in a medium. It's not communion unless you drink the wine and taste the bread or something like baptism as well. You know, you can't just drag the little man over to the little pond and, and have the little pastor <laughs> be baptized say in the VR. blessing. Yeah, baptism in VR. Now, again, what if someone is so ill and so dif- so compromised that uh, they can't be baptized mm-hmm. uh, in a church or in a public setting? Well, even then you can have someone come to them and, and sprinkle them with water. I know I'm offending the Baptist now, but anyway. Um, <laughs> So I am not a big fan of just immediately going into the virtual world and calling it a church service. Yeah. I don't want to trade away meeting together and listening to the word and worshiping and greeting one another and taking communion and witnessing baptisms and confessing our faith and hearing the word of God read live in front of me, kind of going through the typical service in in my church. So I'm very skeptical of that. I know the motivations are good, the idea of reaching people who are unreached. But you can't just do anything to reach people. You might be doing something that's not in alignment with a biblical worldview. Right. And we should never diminish the doctrine of the incarnation, not just that God became flesh, but I think of some passages in 2nd and 3rd John where Uh, John says, uh, I would write more, but I long to be with you so that our joy can be complete. And the Apostle Paul says the same thing in Romans 1. He says, I long to be with you so I could impart a spiritual gift. Now, they were writing on parchment. That's a great point. Yeah, they were writing on parchment, or maybe Paul had someone writing for him, uh, and they didn't have the possibilities that we do. But I think we can extend the principle Mm-hmm. And how many times have you said, well, I, a lot of educators especially would say, I'm glad we have Zoom because without Zoom, Zoom I would have lost my job. Right. But a lot of people that I interact with at Denver Seminary will say, teaching on Zoom is twice as hard and half as rewarding. But then again, the VR people might, people might say, well, that's because we're in the Stone Age with that mm-hmm. stuff. If you're in a virtual classroom and you can see people's expressions and all the rest of it, you wouldn't feel that way. Well, I'm I'm skeptical. Simply because we can do something doesn't mean it's wise. It doesn't do it. mean we should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that you're not an early adopter, but you are an early thinker. Um, in the 1990s, you wrote about the soul inside cyberspace. I mean, mm-hmm. this is 
you know, things that we're dealing with now. And people kind of overlooked it at the time, I think you've said. And now they're coming back to it saying, wow, he was, okay, this has already been thought about a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that I think about sometimes, my husband is like, pastors aren't thinking about that, Haley. You need to, like, think about something else, talk about something else. And so my question is, why should, like, Christian leaders and average Christians be thinking about the metaverse now? I mean, I have my opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, why is it relevant? I mean, I know that, you know, my kids will send me notifications on my iPad saying, can I buy this in Roblox and what they're buying are these, um, what are they? NFTs, NFPs or something, something like that. Like that. Um, they're buying animals in, in virtual worlds, in a virtual world and they're right. collecting and they're building this whole world. And so why should Christians be thinking about that mm. just as we close here? Right. Well, two main reasons, broad categories. One is we want to avoid worldliness First John two fifteen says not not to love the world or the things of the world. And he doesn't mean physical objects, but he means the lust of the flesh, the evil pride of life, those kind of things. So we don't want to accommodate ourselves to worldly ways of thinking: hedonism, sensualism, efficiency at the expense of quality, things like that. So we want to avoid worldliness, and we want to pursue godliness. So. We want to do the right thing in the right way at the right time and be led by the Spirit. And sometimes that means a hard no. Right. So we won't be involved in this. But when we say no to something worldly, we can say yes to something godly, something better. Yeah. So it's not like there's nothing to do outside the Internet. <laughs> that's true <laughs> right? enough. Yes, that's there's for sure. There's a lot to be done. Reading books, talking with people, playing with your pets, volunteering at a soup kitchen. There's so many good things to do outside of the Internet. And I'm afraid some, some people will become trapped in the Internet and enjoy it much better than the outside world. That's already happening. It is totally happening. It happen, it's happening with games. Right. Well, you know, the temptation to escape the limitations of our bodies, you know, as subject as they are to decay and the messiness of everyday life, it's, it's an old temptation, a tale as old as time, you might say. But thinking through the theological and biblical ramifications of how this temptation plays out in VR is an important consideration every Christian must think through as we seek to lead, to parent, and to live in the time to come. You've been listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott. Visit our website at www.christiancurious.com to find more shows and find out more about us. That's www.christiancurious.com. Stay curious.